Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Richard Bliss, and today our guest uh, comes from a little bit further away than uh, my guest normally. He is the uh, CEO and president of the Crowdfunding Formula, a company organization that helps backers, excuse me, that helps project creators promote their campaigns all around the world. And I'm joined by Narek Vardanyan. Narek, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me. Narek, you and I have uh, chatted a little bit. You, uh, the crowdfunding formula is, uh, has three offices around the world. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the company? Yeah, we have been around since 2015. We started as a, as a blog, then consulting service. We had a training. We had a book called 57 Secrets of Crowdfunding. And then in these last two years, we started a full campaign management. Uh, we have uh, representations in U.S., uh, in uh, Hong Kong, and the main team is based in Armenia. And you're currently in Armenia. I have never been there, but uh, I know that it's a beautiful country. And But you have a chance to travel all around the world helping and working with campaign creators for uh, crowdfunding. And I think the focus mostly is that around Indiegogo, but you do Kickstarter as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Uh, like most of our campaigns were on Indiegogo. But we also had Kickstarter campaigns. We love both. We love both platforms, actually. You know, I'm interested, uh, Narek. How, you know, crowdfunding is touching every part of the world, and it's it's kind of exciting to see it because it just a few years ago it was a new experience. What brought you into this space, and then had you blogging and writing a book and and launching a company? Uh, it was a very interesting experience, actually. Uh, in 2014, we had one project and we decided with my friend to go to this project to crowdfunding. We researched a lot. We actually launched the project and we failed. We raised like $15. <laughs> uh, it, it was a mobile application. So, uh, and we researched a little bit to, to, to find out like what was the reason that we failed. And we found out that it turns out that crowdfunding is not that keen to some specific projects, particularly to mobile applications, uh, which we were in. But as we did a like really uh, interesting research, we decided like to share this research to the to the public uh, to not to uh, ha- have this be lost. So I wrote this book called Fifty Seven Secrets of Crowdfunding and put all this uh, information basically that we researched, interviewed from people, etc. Uh, and we put this book on Amazon, and uh, very surprisingly, we found out that this book became the number one bestseller in the crowdfunding category uh, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> So uh, suddenly a lot of people started to approach us as, a, as an experts and started to ask some questions uh, about crowdfunding, like how to do this, how to do that. And interestingly, we didn't have any chance to do any successful campaigns at that time, uh, but we had a lot of information from others. So we started to uh, do kind of consultation uh, and provide people uh, with these uh, other people tips and uh, hacks. And uh, again, like for a great surprise to us, it turns out that those tips work. Yes. So, uh, yes. So, yeah, like a couple of a couple of campaigners which were like struggling to 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 meet the, meet their goals at that time, uh, like successfully met their goals and exceeded them, and we're very thankful to all those advices. And uh, we were like so excited that that all this work and uh, decided to uh, why not let's go into into this and dig deeper. And uh, we kind of became a real experts and uh, participated in real campaigns, managed ourselves. 
So this, this, this was how we started it all. You know, and that's an excellent story because uh, as this has grown to a worldwide phenomenon, uh, oftentimes people are looking for a secret formula, right? They're looking for um, either a shortcut or something magical that, that helps them. Because oftentimes, and I've had this conversation over the years on the show, that the idea of asking people for money is always something that is awkward for us, right? Uh, uh-huh. It's right. I, you know, I go to my mother and ask for her. Uh, you know, can I can I have some money? It's it, it's a very, uh-huh. in some ways, humiliating or humbling experience. And so, helping people understand how to overcome that is always a liberating experience for them. Uh-huh. But uh, one of the things that we learn is that there really aren't any secret formulas, are there? Um, uh, there are some structures, but I wouldn't say that there are some secret formulas. Uh, every project is very specific and even, even that there are some, like, uh, some structure thing that basically we do in all the campaigns, uh, all the campaigns are very specific and you need to go deeper and understand the perceptions and specificities of each project. And uh, based on that, you can decide your strategies and go with them. Let's talk about that then. Let's talk about what kind of uh, strategies or advice do you give when somebody comes to you with a crowdfunding need? Here's my project. Can you help me? What are some of the things that you look for and that, some of the advice that you start to give them? Mm-hmm. So first of all, we, uh, like, uh, we start to assess whether this project have uh, potential in crowdfunding or not. We are basically based in the reward-based crowdfunding uh, uh, segment, the Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So we start to see, first of all, whether there is a like, experience with this project, where, whether uh, it, it has a past history, that uh, based on which we can uh, like assess whether it's a good project or not. We have all, also a methodology with which we, we are assessing, testing, and understanding whether it has a potential. And when we are taking the project, we have uh, like the, um, the main difference of us and maybe some other agencies uh, that are around is that we love to focus with all the team to this specific project and squeeze the most uh, out of it. Yeah, uh, the, the, the main thing that we do is the preparation, like we prepare really hard and uh, that, that's basically the main secret coming back to your previous question. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, uh, yeah the, there are different ideas that you can do, but it really comes down to understanding the audience, understanding the product and then executing on a series of very specific structured uh, approaches, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. So we usually start preparing like for two or three months. We start gathering uh, like uh, consumer sub- subscriber base. We start gathering uh, reporters' contacts, creating videos, content materials, etc. So based on the project, like uh, we might be interested in different social media. Like one project can do well on on Twitter and Facebook, and another project can do well on TikTok which is just a new emerging uh, social network, which many uh, haven't heard about. But it turns out that there's a great audience in there and you just need to understand really well your audience and the positioning of the product, how to position it, where your communities are. And maybe there are some very niche communities which nobody's, nobody has ever heard of, but your audience is just right there. So you need to uh, find some ways on, deli- on how to deliver information to those people uh, get them uh, into your subscriber list and uh, prepare them for the launch of the campaign. And you mentioned this TikTok. What is TikTok? Is that like a, uh, is it for around crowdfunding or is it something else? Uh, no, it's like the TikTok. Uh, I think that's, uh, that, that's the next Instagram. Uh, yeah, based Got on it. our, uh, based on our assessment. Yeah, it has like, it's bigger than uh, Twitter and Reddit uh, together now. 
It has 500 million users currently. It's uh, mainly youth, mainly youth, uh, young people. Um, uh, it's a video platform, uh, very very simple one. Uh, in, just okay. emerged in the last year. Perfect. But, uh, like there, yeah, there's a great community in there, and if your uh, project suits in there you need to uh, take it into consideration. That's an excellent example of understanding the different, uh, the different platforms and the different niches that each audience is going to have. Are there some, are there some common mis- misperceptions that your creators have when they come to you with their crowdfunding? What are some of the things that you have to educate them about in the beginning? Um, yeah, yeah, there are, of course. Uh, the interesting thing, you know, is that uh, most of the people who go to Kickstarter and on Indiegogo, when they start searching the campaigns, uh, they found out that the biggest campaigns are on the higher parts of the platform, uh, like the million-dollar campaigns, right? So everybody thinks that most of the campaigns uh, raise like million-dollar or more than $100,000. So they don't see this uh, big, big, big uh, failure rate and big, big number of campaigns which failed. And uh, this makes them feel that uh, basically this works automatically. And there's like this big magic on uh, Kickstarter and on Indiegogo, which will take their campaign and make them a millionaire in a day or so. So most of the people don't understand this backend uh, and this preparation part that uh, needs to be done uh, to, to come to there, to come to this big success. Again, like 90, 90% of the success is definitely preparation. Uh, and usually when we start the campaign, most of the things uh, that, uh, that are attributable to the success uh, have already been done during this preparation part. Do you find that these creators sometimes, when they come with these high hopes and think that uh, this is going to be easy, that they become discouraged at the amount of work that is going to be required to make this work? Do you see that happen? Uh, yes, absolutely. This is this is why uh, a lot of people sometimes they are discouraged. Sometimes uh, sometimes they uh, they they go and fail. And uh, we found out that this, 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 was, uh, uh, th- this is a good start for them. Yeah? When uh, yes. whoever once failed, then they understand it very cautiously. Uh, then they approach it like in a different way, etc. So we got the really good successes with people uh, who had one failure before. <laughs> uh, well, and that's so, a, it is that failure teaches you so much of what you did wrong. And oftentimes, this is something that I have talked to many of uh, my guests and uh, when I have consulted as well, and that is that there's very little downside to the failure because mm-hmm. you're usually not out anything. You f- yes, you failed, but then you can retool, re, uh, readjust, and then relaunch. Oftentimes, having that base of people who supported you in the first time become the, the, the nucleus of the start. So failure sometimes is the best teacher on how to be successful on crowdfunding. Yes, absolutely. We love uh, this failure culture. We even facilitate failures in our team. And uh, whoever doesn't goes into failure, it means they not experiment. And we encourage uh, all the team to do a lot of failures. And uh, based on those failures, they are finding something that, uh, that works. Now, when it comes to uh, your campaigns and the projects that you support, is there a particular is there a particular category or type of campaign that you look for? Now, most of your work is done on Indiegogo, as we said earlier, but is there a specific category or type of uh, project that you're always looking for? Um, we love consumer projects. We love consumer innovations. Like we did consumer electronics. We have this Volterman smart wallet, which uh, was the most funded wallet campaign in crowdfunding history. 
with $3 million. We had uh, dog projects, which is totally uh, like the Bristly project, which we had recently, was totally out of, of this tech segment. It was a uh, dog toothbrush, yes. So uh, again, we love that as well. So basically, I would uh, summarizing, I would say that uh, wherever there's an e- innovation, wherever there's a real problem-solving solution, and uh, we see that this project is suitable to this uh, crowdfunding audience, we're taking this, this campaign and try to make it as big as possible. You know, it's interesting because most people wouldn't think that a dog p- toothbrush would do so well, but there are a lot of dog owners in the world, particularly where I live in <laughs> California, and uh, they like to take care of their animals. And so it, sometimes what succeeds on crowdfunding can surprise us at times. Yeah, absolutely. We were also like very much surprised when when we searched and uh, were digging deeper and understood that the, in reality, there's a big problem and stress when you are like uh, cleaning your dog's teeth. So it turns out that this toothbrush, although it's like looks very, very simple and uh, uh, yeah, it's like very simple, simple uh, tool that everybody can come up with. Uh, but it turns out that this solves a really apparent problem that uh, all the dog owners were experiencing when they're like cleaning their dog's teeth. Yeah, and it, there it, were yeah a lot of there were a lot of uh, dog health related issues uh, coming from the teeth. So uh, we kind of uh, leveraged this this uh, right. issues. Yeah. Where do you see uh, crowdfunding going as you work with campaigns around the world? Do you see it uh, continuing to grow and take on a greater and greater role in society? That's a very, very interesting question. And we see crowdfunding to change uh, really much in these past years. So uh, when before it started as a fundraising mechanism, uh, like 10 years ago, I would say, yeah. Uh, now we see crowdfunding transforming to something which I would call a more PR and market entry uh, tool and mechanism. Uh, we see a lot of big brands uh, going to crowdfunding now when before only startups were using crowdfunding for, for fundraising. Now we see like Coca-Cola, we see Sony, we see Nintendo uh, going into crowdfunding and those, those brands, they don't need money. They go to crowdfunding, first of all, for making a research, for quickly understanding whether their products work or not, which is great. Uh, then to do a little PR, to, to get early conversions, etc. So I think crowdfunding is definitely transforming to something uh, different. I don't know if it's, uh, it's, uh, it's good or worse, but that's definitely happening now. You know, that's interesting because you bring up the fact that, yes, that it's being used as a, as a PR um, approach, but also, and then we've seen that transformation, that it's being used as a stage of the product development where before you would have to go out and raise funds from angel investors or something else, but now you can do a prototype, you can do a proof of concept, getting a thousand backers or five hundred backers or fifteen thousand backers, and then you can take that and launch it into something bigger, or you can have something that generates a crowd and interest uh, through the crowdfunding. I often say that people oftentimes don't have a funding problem; money's easy to come by. It's the crowd that is difficult, and that's the the most important part of the crowdfunding aspect. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Narc, do you have some, some insights as we wrap up here? Do you have some insights that maybe you can share with the audience of what they should be thinking about as they approach their crowdfunding campaign? Um, I, would, uh, I, I would suggest to concentrate on three main dimensions when preparing to crowdfunding project. First of all, uh, those three dimensions are collecting subscribers, yeah, having a, having a community, 
uh, email subscribers, chatbot subscribers, uh, social networks, etc. Uh, collecting uh, contact information of reporters who previously covered their topics, their niche topics, uh, and then creating a very interesting videos which have a chance to go viral. So basically, those are the three main things that we concentrate in the preparation stage, and that uh, help us to uh, basically reach our goals very, very quickly. We uh, usually uh, raise like uh, $30,000, $40,000 in one day, uh, and that's, that, there's no secret in there. The only secret is, is that we put a lot of attention and hard work into this preparation stage. So having prepared well uh, will give you a lot of tools and credibilities to launch well, uh, benefit from the snowball effects, get also organic traffic from Kickstarter or Indiegogo, uh, and then push it as hard as possible. Um, you will get a lot of non-monetary benefits as well, like uh, you will get cred- credibilities, PR, um, etc. Yeah, this is one of my previous uh, guests, John Covey, and I talked about the the unexpected benefits of crowdfunding, that you get data, as you said, you get to find gauge interest, you get to mm-hmm. establish uh, a network of new backers and contacts that normally you would have never touched. And so mm-hmm. all of those things are there. That's great advice. Nark, I want to say thank you very much for joining me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a pleasure. I, I appreciate it. You've been listening to Narek Vardanyan with the crowdfunding formula. You can find crowdfunding formula at crowdfundingformula.com where they do an, uh, a good job of helping promote and manage a crowdfunding campaign. Their focus is normally on Indiegogo, but they do Kickstarter as well. Hopefully you found something interesting. It's always interesting to talk to somebody on the other side of the world, and I appreciate uh, Narek's time. And for those who would like to continue to engage with me and my guests, you can always join us on our Facebook group, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter Podcast Facebook group. Now, that's a mouthful. And also thank you for those who continue to support us on Patreon. Thanks for listening. Take care.